Hello, everyone, and welcome to Season 3, Episode 6 of the I Save That Podcast. Happy fall to all of our listeners out there, and more importantly, happy PIV education season. That is why we are here for this episode of the podcast. Anyways, I'm joined as always by Judy Thompson, Ava, Director of Clinical Education, and we have a panel of experts joining us today with uh, some very exciting news that Ava and B. Braun have been working on for quite some time as to what I'm supposed to understand. Right, Judy? That is absolutely right, Eric. And I, I couldn't be more excited to be on the show today. And this is the big debut of what we have been working on now for with B. Braun now for months. But actually, it started about five years ago. Um, Mark Hunter and I were in a network meeting together in San Diego. And after the meeting, I can actually even still picture it in my head that after the meeting, we sat back and we were talking about, we need to give back to the community. And PIV education is kind of lacking. Why don't I reach out to a friend of mine that's a dean of nursing and see if she wants us to teach a PIV course? She immediately responded. She actually sent it out to other deans and we were inundated. And we went, oh my gosh, you know, <laughs> be careful for what you ask for. And immediately I reached out to Ava and I said, you know, we're a part of a network. Can we do this? I should have done that first. And I was actually told no, because we didn't have an approved curriculum, which was appropriate. So fast forward five years, hundreds of volunteer hours, which I can't thank these people enough. Months and months and months of work on this and years truly of work of this. And then lots of grant writing. And now we found our perfect partner to work on this with. Enter the door with B. Braun and we have created a full curriculum for education for all healthcare schools from medical school, dentistry school, nursing school, respiratory therapy. So it's all the same curriculum because we don't change the way we put a PIV in. But the exciting part is, is by the partnership we have with B. Braun, and Mike's going to talk a little bit about it here in a second, is we're going to offer this free to any healthcare school. There's no cost. There's no, uh-oh, you know, it's usually, where's the catch? There's no catch. There's nothing to it. It's, it's kind of one of those things that gets you giddy. And um, it's, I'll get right to the clinicians here in a second, but Mike, tell us a little bit about how <clears throat> why you wanted, you and B. Braun wanted to partner with us. Yeah, thanks, Judy, and thanks for having me. So I, I think our story goes back to, uh, several years ago, too. Um, so I'm head of our healthcare strategy team, which focuses on uh, complex issues and challenges. Obviously, we, uh, we play in the vascular access space. Um, and a big focus of ours was why, the, why do patients really, uh, the most invasive procedure, have such a vast experience when it comes to IV starts? Why do catheters don't last their intended course of therapy? And when we started digging into the reasons of why, that's when we got quite surprised. So um, from our clinical teams and our customers and more importantly, our patients, uh, we identified probably two critical areas was one, you know, when nurses, I always assume when nurses, when they come out of school, they're ready to start IVs. And apparently um, that was not the case. And that was a big surprise for me. And then two, that left perhaps the pressure on institutions to provide additional education and training. And we know those budgets are being cut. And so their experiences on creating uh, standards of practice um, and more importantly, the behaviors on the floors 
very drastically and that ultimately impacts the patient. And so that's when we realized, wow, this is a, this is a big problem and it's not acceptable. And so we've been focused on how we're going to ad properly address and um, solve this problem and raising the bar of vascular access care for our patients. And that's where we happen to have Judy get in touch and, and say, wow, we, we, we both see this big problem. Um, and and B-Ron, it's, you know, how do we work with others and share an expertise to really raise that bar? And, and that's, the, that's the main mission. And, and the nice part was we were aligned um, from day one, and that still is our focus moving forward. Thanks, Mike. I didn't even give you a proper introduction. So thank you so much for being here. Thanks for being our partner. You are the VP of Healthcare Strategy and Innovation for B-Ron. And you and I have been working behind the scenes now for literally months. So I'm joined by some wonderful colleagues that are as passionate about PIV education as I am and Mike is. So Christine Van Houten, who is a professor and chair of nursing and health services at the University of Green Bay, Wisconsin. Andrea Owens, professor of nursing at Marion University in Indiana, Indiana. And also Shelly DeVries, who is an epidemiologist and infection preventionist in Indiana and has done a ton of work in the PIV world. So ladies and Mike and Eric, of course, welcome, welcome, welcome to our show today. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick it off to Andrea. Andrea, you've been involved with this almost since day one. So tell me, give me your feel. We're launching this giant, giant project. I will tell you that the interesting fact is that while you and Mark were collaborating over there on the West Coast, at the same time, I went to academia and trying to push this um, in my own school of nursing, trying to bring this to um, the forefront and working in collaboration with a couple colleagues to um, implement some of these standards of, of care within the curriculum. So the fact that we were all working in tandem, kind of, then we all came together realizing how uh, important and significant this is. And having done some research, uh, which I hope Chris will talk about here in a little bit, the research that we've done in the past with health facilities and with our partners in higher education, understanding where that gap is in the education um, and how we can impact patient outcomes by simply educating. I'm excited. Thanks, Andrea. I'm excited well, as well. Chris, coming to the conversation now, Let's. I, I want you to talk about your, your part of our, our process. We met at conference last year. We published an article along with Mark Hunter, Andrea, myself, yourself, and Andrea Reynak. And will you talk a little bit about that? And I also know you and Andrea and a few others are also publishing again very soon. That's right. That's right. I also owe a debt of gratitude to Mark Hunter, who actually was a student of mine in an online program, who reached out to me to ask if I would be interested in collaborating on a, a study to examine um, the extent to which nursing schools or curricula and health systems prepared nurses for um, administering PIVs, maintaining PIVs, and, and basically caring for them. And I was thrilled to um, be offered the opportunity and, and uh, did 
join the team. And as Judy mentioned, we were fortunate to publish uh, both the results of an article on the um, study of health systems and they what they do to ensure ongoing competence of nurses in health systems, as well as um, we're awaiting the publication of our article in the Journal of Nursing Education. Um, it was accepted for publication, so it's in the process now. But um, that article examined uh, the way in which nursing curricula deliver PIV curriculum and the concerns and or challenges that nursing faculty face, including in the clinical arena. So um, we're really excited, um, honestly, not particularly surprised by the results, perhaps surprised by some of it, but um, we know that the curriculum medical programs, whether it be nursing, medicine, et cetera, are exploding. You know, all we have to think about is Corona, COVID. That didn't exist a year ago, really. So, you know, think about adding another condition that's taken over the country, actually the globe. So um, again, very excited to be here and uh, to share the findings and to work with this fabulous team. So Shelly, I, I have a couple of questions for you now, my friend. Shelly DeVries, um, our epidemiologist, infection preventionist, you published a ton on PIV. And I know I called you a little bit of a, about a week ago and I told you what happened. I said, this is finally coming true. And I think your my quote from you is, I have goosebumps. I want to hear more. What do you think about this education actually coming true? I got to be honest, I still have those goosebumps. And you could probably still hear that squeal of joy echoing from the Midwest all the way out to California. To say it's a dream come true is it, it cannot even begin to capture. I mean, the journey that we have been on now for so many years to raise awareness about peripheral IVs and the whole, like a whole buffet of opportunity to improve the insertion, the care and the maintenance. And to be at this point where all of the talking, all of the conversations, all of the work that so many of us have been doing in our own institutions is literally to the point where we're ready to go to our educational function, our educational systems and, and schools of learning, this is incredible. And to watch and measure what comes downstream from this, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I am almost speechless believing that this has actually come to pass. And I'm, I'm just thrilled. Thanks. So am I. Uh, and I think I speak for the whole panel that we're all just, I, I, I still wake up and I want, it's, it's really true. It's really true. We've talked about it for so long and we've dreamt about it. And now it, it's, it's a reality. And I'm I know shaking, Judy. I am, <laughs> I am actually shaking when we're having this conversation. The difference that I see making, I, it takes a long time to turn the tide. It's like driving a, a cruise ship. And in, by giving a comprehensive curriculum, and I, I want to talk a little bit about what we're planning because we're talking about all the excitement and we're going to study and we're going to get data, but people listening, I want them to understand what we're building. And it's going to be a comprehensive curricula that 
for the schools of nursing, pre-licensure, we've kind of divvied it into pre-licensure and licensure and or post-licensure. So that for the, the pre-licensure, it'll be three courses that'll comprise the curricula. And 101 is foundation, build the foundation so they understand. And that's well before they can poke a needle in anyone. In the 201, for better, uh, we don't have a better title at the moment, building on that knowledge and skill acquisition at that point. And then 301 kind of takes all that stuff together, advanced knowledge, skill acquisition. And at that point, we, with all the post-assessments and all that, they'll be able to go out and with their proctor, actually understand enough to put a needle in a patient. And we're so excited about that. We plan it to be a certificate program that they'll be able to have a piece of paper that they went through a, a full program, didactic program, skill acquisition program, and now they're ready to actually go see patients. So um, now the post-licensure curriculum will also be comprehensive, but it'll be built out differently and that will be coming after we get pre-licensure. So um, Andrea, Chris, I, I'd like you guys to weigh in here because you two both teach our nurses and our healthcare providers of the future. One of the things I, I know we've uh, spoken about this in the past is understanding that through the nurse programs, there are so many things those students have to have knowledge of and um, expertise in, in small letters that this seems to many people to be just one more thing, except we're trying to raise that awareness of how vital it is and how it connects to every single part of their curriculum all through the program and then on into their practice in the facilities. Um, understanding that, once again, we graduate nurse generalists and and having skills that actually take care of patients so that we have enhanced outcomes is really part of what we work towards from day one. And it doesn't really matter whether they're in a second degree program with an accelerated track or a traditional program where you have the, the, the traditional 19 year olds that, that go through a college program, they still come out with the same general knowledge and, and the licensure exam into the facilities then taking care of real patients, they are bombarded with all the things that they have to pull together. So understanding that we, we really value the need for a standardized curriculum that helps teach not just the skill, not just the ability to poke a needle in a patient, but the why. Um, knowing theoretically, and Chris will smile when I say that, when I say theoretically or I bring up theory to my students, I can almost see their eyeballs roll back in their head because I did that when I was a student as well, understanding the theory behind what we're learning. Um, we need to teach them know that knowing that, and that includes all of that theoretical and that factual knowledge. It includes the anatomy and the physiology and the pharmacology and the purpose and the consequences of what their actions do before we even put a needle in their hand um, for them to poke a patient. So um, that's what excites me. That's what gives me goosebumps, uh, Shelly, um, <laughs> believing that we're going to change an incredible paradigm in care outcomes by simply 
educating these students within their programs so that they have that knowledge when they go out into their clinical and into their practice fields, whatever facility they go in, they have the knowledge of why am I doing this and what am I seeing? So that that's what excites me because I see that in my students when that aha moment happens <laughs> and um, they, they realize, oh, this is why it's important. So for me, I, I got goosebumps just talking about that. So uh, <laughs> Chris, I, I see you shaking your head. Yes. I would love to guess. Yes. <laughs> I would love to hear how you think this can impact your students in Green Bay. So I have the good fortune of developing a pre-licensure nursing program from the ground up. And so I'm actually probably one of very few who have the privilege of knowing that this program, this curriculum is going to be available to my faculty and therefore my students. And I think what's particularly valuable is the idea of coming out with a certificate um, to demonstrate their knowledge and understanding and skill um, to an employer. So um, I, have a very long history as a nurse educator. I've been educating since 1991, formally. And so that's a long time. I think I'm approaching 30 years next year. So um, I can tell you as a, the faculty who often started the first PIV with the students that that was the skill that was the measure of their becoming a real nurse. So when a student finally had the opportunity to start a PIV and then was successful, it was like a feather in their cap. Um, that's not to suggest that they didn't learn a lot of theory, that they didn't understand some of the risks involved in PIV, but their focus was so heavily on the skill that they often, everything went out of their head and then I love the slide that we used at one of the, uh, the scientific session where uh, they get their blood flashback and then it's like, okay, now what? Because again, everything was so focused on getting in the vein that they really lost all the knowledge at that point of what they had learned. So that's the role of the nurse educator is to calmly, confidently help them uh, understand the steps, understand the risks, understand the clinical judgment that goes behind what may seem like a simple skill, even though we all know that's not the case. The other thing I, I would mention um, is that um, confidence. A lot of graduate nurses come out of school not particularly confident in their, their PIV skills. And I know earlier in the show, uh, Mike was surprised by that. Um, but if you think about all of the skills, all of the knowledge that a student is learning along the way, PIV is one of many. And so this curriculum truly has the uh, potential to revolutionize the way in which graduate nurses um, are confident in their skill and um, can demonstrate their knowledge. So I am thrilled um, that you have partnered with Bebron and that this program will be available to both my faculty and students. 
Thank you. I'm, I'm thrilled as well. So one of the things that you mentioned was the one confidence coming out, but there's getting that translation from school. They go into the workforce and then they work in Shelly's hospital. So Shelly, how do you see this impacting patient care? Well, I think we're in a shared space where there's no denying that vascular access, often peripheral IV access, is the gateway to almost all healthcare. So our ability to impact almost every patient that walks through our door and spare them, again, it's, it's, it's a dramatic phrase, but painful, unnecessary, vessel-destroying, satisfaction-destroying procedures by getting it right from the start everything we can do to to save nursing time to save nursing time and and patient experience and ultimately vessel preservation when we get this right from the start everything that comes downstream in that patient's admission whether it's acute care or post-acute care we're setting them up for success and i i i'm sorry i'm, I'm stuttering realizing the impact we are about to have in healthcare. A, a cross, really, as far as this curricula goes. I couldn't agree more. I think um, one of the pushbacks that I heard from a facility we talked about, and and just so the listeners understand, we're going to pilot this curriculum in, or actually the first course of the curricula in November with a, a couple of universities, Green Bay, Marion being a couple of those to start with, and a few others. And if anybody's listening, has a school of nursing, school of respiratory therapy, medical school that wants to pilot, we are open for for groups of piloting. So just let us know. But I, I see a couple of things we've gotten kickback is it sounds too good to be true. How do we combat that to let them know that there's no catch? There's no, there, this, it is what it is. And it, though it sounds too good to be true, it's not. It is too good and it is true. So what do we do? Well, good candid question and thank you for that. I, I know when we first met, you, you mentioned this sounds too good to, to be true. Um, but I think from our perspective, when you, when you really focus on the patient and perhaps the behaviors that we're trying to create on the floor that impact the patient's experience, um, that's the whole goal of, of B. Braun on vascular access care is how do we raise that bar? And this is a critical part of it. This is one of the complex challenges that we have that occurs on the floors. And like Christine said, you know, confidence of our nursing staffs on the floor too as well. And and for me, it's actually become personal. And, and I think that's B-Run as an organization. People say, well, that's industry. Well, you know, I go, we have family, we have friends, we have colleagues that enter the healthcare system too as well. And two years ago, my mom was in and she had a bad experience on vascular access care and they wanted to go to a pick. And I said, what's going on here? And it was because of one advanced vascular access nurse that really changed the perspective and said, I, you know, yes, your mom doesn't need to go to a pick. And she went to the forum and flawlessly had a first success. And I go, Roberta, we need to talk. That was impressive. And then talk about why, why, how come the rest of the facility, the staff weren't able to do it appropriately. And in fact, you know, a year later, next to now I'm in the hospital because I cut my finger and I have an infection that I can't get shake and I become that frequent flyer. And I would just ask nurses, why are you going there? What do you, you know, just why? And 
probably the best part was there was one nurse in the ED that when my infection came back, you know, she, um, she took a little bit of extra time and she went to the forum and said, just curious, why'd you go there instead of the AC? Like you do in, in the ED all the time. And, and she goes, you know, you're going to be here for a while. <laughs> you're probably going back to surgery. We need to make sure that catheter lasts. And I go to my wife, I go, I found the unicorn. You know, why can't all nurses understand perhaps the vascular access area and why you're going to pick your line of sight and everything else? And, you know, that that to me, I go, that should be the bar. Let's let's arm them with the education uh, and the training and the confidence and everything else to go around it. And, and if we want this to be a long term success, let's start off with the nursing staff when they're just starting to learn the basics of IV vascular access therapy. And so that's the whole mission and the intent. If we really want to have an impact and drive the proper behaviors on those floors, it has to start there. Well said. And I think I can speak for this entire panel that professionally, this is a dream for us, but personally, it's a dream for me as well. And I think the rest of the panel, nobody, nobody gets a pass on healthcare. Eventually we all need it. And to have people that are are competent and passionate, and I, I, I would love it if someday, if I had to have medical care, someone went through our curricula and they learned what we want them to know, the best practice, and then they start mentoring others. We'll have a lot of challenges down the road. We have a lot of things to work on to get this, our dream, which we're on the doorstep of, into the reality, which November pilot, here we come. No stopping us now, but uh, we're ready. We're ready. So to all the panel, let's, let's all go around and with a closing thought of what, what do we do next and where do we go and how do you feel like we can go implement? Andrea, I'm going to pick on you first this time. As I was listening to Mike tell his story, um, I think every single one of us uh, on this panel at this moment and everyone who is listening could give you an example of just that, how a, a PIV or how vascular access could impact either them or someone in their family. They can share those stories of the, the things that went wrong or the things that didn't uh, go right. What I see us doing is being on the precipice of just an incredible paradigm shift of um, bringing knowledge to um, the the pre-licensure students that will open up an expanse of how everything that they do actually does matter in this one one area. Now it impacts every other area of their health of the healthcare. So to be able to share this with my students and give them the, the, the knowledge um, first because they come to me and they want to, they want to do the skill. And when I ask them the questions of, uh, do you know this? Tell me about this. Um, explain to me about where nerves are and those types of things. And they can't. Then I can say to them, let me teach you that. And then let's work on the skill. Being able to give them a curriculum and then the tools to actually um, support their learning, which I know, I know for a fact is going to impact patient outcomes. 
um, and the care that they give as they go forward. So understanding that we have an incredible partner uh, coming alongside us in B. Braun uh, gives me great joy to be part of this and to be able to share this with my students. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And about the partnership again, it, it's, I just want to touch that a little bit. B. Braun and, and Ava are, are simpatico on the way we've thought through this curricula. And they've been, you guys have been amazing about giving Andrea and I a little bit of clinical latitude saying, okay, this is our vision. This is our dream. And you guys have met us every step of the way. When I say it has to be dynamic and creative and it has to, it, it can't be boring. It can't be boring. And you guys have jumped right on the boat and I'm just so excited about this. As we go forward, I see, one of the challenges I think we need to be able to address, and Chris, I'm going to ask you to see what your thoughts are on this, is when we arm these students with best practice and how to go do it, and they go into the facility the next year, and they're met with, you know, some of us are older, and we learned a long time ago, and how, how do we bridge that gap of the new learners that have the best practice in their pocket, and the old learners that 30 years ago, it was best practice. You clearly read my mind because that was going to be my comment, which is um, it's exciting to think we have a curriculum that will clearly advance nursing curricula, nursing education. <clears throat> but what's more exciting is that you have a complementary health system curriculum as well. And we know from our research that not every health system has a vascular access team or specialist. That by itself isn't an issue because if you have a, a whole cadre of nurses who are armed and equipped with knowledge and skill and expertise, do you really need a vascular access team? Of course, that might not sit well with some individuals, but Truly, it's about arming all providers with the necessary knowledge and skill. And so the, the combined curricula for nursing schools and health systems has the potential to truly revolutionize and elevate PIV and vascular access and the quality outcomes that all health systems are measured against to a level that um, we will see a downturn in negative outcomes as a result. And that ultimately, the improvement in patient outcomes ultimately is the goal of all of this work. So thank you so much for Ava, for B. Braun, for all the work that's to come. And I can't wait to see it. Me too, me too. So Shelly, now I'm gonna get you. So we're, It'll be a little bit before the post-licensure curricula comes out because we're going to finish all the pre-licensure first. It'll be easier to put it together that way. So as we start rolling out the post-licensure into the facilities, how do you see that as impacting all the nurses across? That is that there a way for like annual competencies? Every nurse goes through those. Is this something that you see that could be used or would this just be a new grad thing in your brain? Well, well, in my brain, Judy, I'm not sure how representative that is of 
broader thinking, but but absolutely, we know we we have a profession, and this goes way beyond nursing into everyone who's touching our patient with vascular access. So the opportunities, certainly we've had a lot of discussion this morning on nursing, but it goes so far beyond that. And the ability to have this kind of knowledge in the hands of everyone in our organization, I think, Absolutely, especially when it'd be tied to performance metrics to understand the difference that it's made. And so much, I think, of what what we have had available to us within organizations is focusing on the psychomotor skill. And and as our our faculty shared earlier in this in this show, it's not enough. It's not enough to just get the stick and see the flash. But everything that goes along with that, with that pre-assessment, as well as the follow-up when the line goes in, having that robust information at our fingertips and the ability to to prove it, I, I, I again, speechless. It's hard to get you speechless too, so that's exciting. I know. I know. <laughs> well, to this esteem group, I couldn't thank you enough for being on our show today, Mike as B. Braun, but it's, it's a great day for Ava. And it, I hope, I know you guys feel it's a great day for B. Braun, but mostly for our patients, patients, students, clinicians, it's coming. This, um, the, the big announcement is here. The reveal of what we've been working on now for, I don't even know how long anymore. <laughs> it's been way too long. Thank you each and every one of you. I appreciate it. And I, I can't wait to start putting advanced uh, sections out for people to review and to see what we're, we're doing for everybody. You guys stay safe out there. Thank you. Thank you. You can see the entire AVA network calendar on the AVA website at www.avainfo.org, which is also where you can join AVA or donate to the AVA Foundation. AVA is all over social media. You can follow the Association for Vascular Access on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. Make sure you're subscribed to the I Save That podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Pandora, or Google Play Music for our Android users. You can also find direct links to all episodes on each of these streaming services by visiting avainfo.org podcast. The topics discussed on the I Save That podcast are purely for informational purposes. You should personally seek the guidance of clinicians before making any decision that affects your health or the health of, of your patients. Listeners of this podcast are advised to do their own due diligence when it comes to making vascular access decisions. Our goal is to inform and entertain the healthcare landscape while giving you a starting point for your discussions with your own clinicians and professional advisors. By listening to this podcast, you agree that the hosts, our guests, our sponsors, and the Association for Vascular Access are not responsible for the success or failure of your health your career, or any decision you make related to any of the information we have presented. The I Save That podcast contains segments of copyrighted music that was not specifically authorized to be used, but is protected by federal law and the fair use doctrine, as cited in section 107 of the U.S. Copyright Act. If you have any specific concerns about this broadcast or our position on fair use defense, please contact us at podcast at avainfo.org. No part of this broadcast shall be reproduced, transmitted, or sold in whole or in any part or in any form without prior written consent from the Association for Vascular Access.